0: Coming up next, an extremely early morning recording session for The Hobbit.
1: Yay!
0: everybody, welcome to The Hobbit. <laughs> this is Nathan, and today we're doing the bookening, apparently. We're going to read the bookening and tell you all about it. We're going to read it. Yeah, the second half of the bookening, The Desolation of Smaug. <sighs> it's the earliest, I don't know if you can tell from my voice, this is how I talk in the morning, folks. I talk like this. That's lovely, Nathan. Yeah, isn't that cool? I yeah, sound like I've smoked a million cigarettes and...
1: Uh, we may have our own sleeping dragon, Jake.
0: Yeah, Jake, not here yet, but hopefully we'll walk in soon.
1: I did stop by his house and steal all his treasure.
0: Right. Do you have a black arrow? We might need a black arrow. I forgot mine at home. You Nathan. forgot your black. Brandon, don't leave home <laughs> without my black. Without arrow, your black arrow. Oh, we may be in trouble. <sighs> okay. Well, uh, in all seriousness, folks, Bra- uh, Brandon's right here. In all seriousness, <laughs> we are not lying about that. Brandon's right here. You know what else doesn't lie? what brandon's hips
1: they do not lie. no they don't i don't that's think right. they've never told me any lies hey you know what i saw a fun meme on facebook the other day yeah, i like a fun memes a friend that put it, uh posted apparently this restaurant had a sign outside saying you think you can't dance mm-hmm. just spell your name in the air with your bum problem solved <laughs> that's pretty intense yeah but i mean i guess it's true get your hips moving
0: yeah just spell your name in the air with, with your it. bum oh wow brandon's doing it right now it's What an amazing, it's like river dance over there. (laughs) Yeah, no, Brandon really wasn't dancing, folks. I wasn't. I'm sitting right here. No, he's sitting right here. Do you think, you know, since Jake hasn't shown up yet, let's talk about Jake's hips. They lie all the time, Brandon. They do.
1: They're just tricking me all the time. Yeah.
0: You remember a lot when they told us that Mrs. McGillicuddy had ice cream for the whole neighborhood? Yeah, she didn't. And yeah, we gave up our baseball game. We ran over there and.
1: And his hips just laughed at us.
0: Yeah, they did. (laughs) And Mrs. McGillicuddy was so confused, and yeah,
1: yeah, it was sad.
0: People should know, me and Brandon and Jake all grew up in like a 1950s neighborhood together, That's right, like a Sandlot sort of
1: situation. Sandlot, towards our situation. And Nathan, we both loved our ice cream.
0: We, oh yeah, we loved our ice cream. Jake
1: would always be tricking us with ice cream. Yep, Jake's. Well, Jake's hips, Jake's more, hips more specifically
0: because yeah. <laughs> they did lie. Yeah, Brandon tips. They've never told me a lie. Anything that I get from Brandon hips is gold.
1: It's largely because I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> Born with a second face on the side of my hips like Jake was. Right. People probably should know that.
0: Yeah, that is the other thing. Now, should we tell people, are people, are we generally hearing from Jake's hips on the podcast or from Jake?
1: Usually from Jake, but occasionally his hips will take over. That face will get up there and it'll tell some lies. (laughs) That's what you get, Jake, for not showing up on time. (laughs) That's what Jake gets for
0: not showing up on time. Oh man, he hasn't even texted me with an ETA. We may just be on our own. Yeah, we may just be on our own, but Brandon. Yeah, The podcast cannot not continue, so we need to talk about The Hobbit. Yeah. There's no putting it off. And I promise, folks, we won't stall. We'll get to some Hobbit today. You're getting this this episode, you may have noticed, is called The Hobbit.
1: Or at least, we can at least talk about riddles in the dark. We
0: can at least talk about
1: riddles in the dark. It's a great chapter. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the chapter? Yeah. I thought you just wanted to turn off the lights and talk about riddles. Yeah. We should dress like Gollum and scare the guy who's coming in here to... Record after us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> make, him ask, make him answer riddles.
0: The man whom, for whom we are recording so early today. What's in our buckets? What's in wishes. our buckets? Is. Well, is, here's a question, Brandon. Is yeah. that a, do you think that that was a fair riddle? That, I guess Gollum didn't really think it was fair, but.
1: No, Gollum was pretty desperate at that point.
0: I feel like Gollum just should have said do over. Yeah. And made Bilbo give a different riddle. Yep. What's your favorite riddle?
1: Probably the one about the egg.
0: Yeah, that one's always stuck with me. Yeah. And I have used it on people, and I've had it used on me, and, I, and I've snapped wittily back an egg yeah. when someone's used it on me, because I've read The Hobbit. Yeah,
1: an egg precious. Here's a good, here's a question. Yeah. It'll be fun to compare this chapter to the Mines of Moria chapter in The Lord of the Rings. Which do you think does it better? Like, it encapsulates just the dark, dank feeling of being- Yeah, which captures um, better the Mines of Moria, this, this book, or-
0: I'm going to say The Mines of Moria chapter captures better The Mines of Moria. Whoa,
1: okay, fine, thank you.
0: Which chapter captures better that cave feeling? Yeah. Or is it Narnia, the thing that
1: Oh yeah, that actually does a pretty good job too. The Silver Chair.
0: The Silver Chair? Yeah. I want to say it's not this probably.
1: Now this one still has some of that cartoonish feeling to it, but it's still fun. Yeah, with the orcs coming out of the wall, grabbing old Bilbo. Yeah. And his crew well then I guess they don't grab Bilbo, but they all, you know, fall down and Mhm. This is where we get to see Bilbo kind of, so I made the point a couple episodes ago that J.R. Tolkien's drawing heavily from the sort of Jack figures and fairy right. tales. This is where we really begin to see that come out with his trickster. Uh, Bilbo wins a lot through his wits and his deception. Right. And yet you don't get the sense that it's an immoral sort of deception. I was trying to think, what what
0: is the literary precedent for this, for the Gollum scene? I mean, is, that, is this a invention of Tolkien's? And I'm putting it on the spot here. I didn't ask you to. Well, I think Research that, this or anything, but
1: no, I really. I mean, I think that you go back to just some of the old f- fairy tales that he would have been, but also he would have he was heavily influenced by Norse mythology, which is what made him and Lewis such good. Well, not the only reason they were good friends, but one of the reasons they were right. both Norse nerds. Right, <laughs> Norse nerds, <laughs> Norse <laughs> nerds, and so there was like with Woden and stuff like that. I don't know Norse mythology all that well because mm-hmm. I'm not a Norse nerd. Right. But my understanding is that there's well, like Loki and stuff. There's trickster stuff happening in that. Right. So. Where one person is, and also the Odyssey with, uh, there's precedent there with the, no. my name is no one. Mm -hmm. And so no one has hurt me when he's talking to Polyphemus.
0: Right. I mean, Odysseus himself is quite the trickster.
1: Yeah. so, you know, you have kind of a divide between the types of hero. Bilbo definitely falls into that, and there is precedent for it, the trickster sort of hero Mm -hmm. who doesn't have the brawn. Like, you know, Odysseus still had some brawn. Right. But he relied more on his cleverness and his intelligence while Achilles would not have. Achilles still had some wits about him too, but he was strong as all get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he could win through his strength. Beowulf would be more of an Achilles sort of hero. And so you see this sort of divide. Bilbo falls more into that category where he's, and then with also fairy tales, like I said, with Jack figure. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the Jack, the giant slayer, but there are in fairy tales, and this, I think comes from like wells and sort of, uh, Germanic folklore, where you have this figure that's called the Jack figure. You can actually look it up and find right. it, the Jack figure. And um, they're always a little bit mischievous, a little bit tricksterish, and they win through their wits. Mm-hmm. So they're a series of fairy tales you can go and read. And the Grimm's book, if you guys have a Grimm's book of fairy tales or listeners, you can go and find these. It's pretty interesting. Now, the difference is Bilbo has to do this because I think Bilbo finds this self finds this out about himself right we don't see this from the beginning with bilbo right but it's through necessity that bilbo becomes heroic through his wits
0: well what i like about the Gollum chapter in particular is that bilbo is able to use a hobbit skill for lack of a better a better word it's not like, like you watch lethal weapon part two and uh, mel gibson's gonna get out of a straitjacket at the beginning of the movie and then at the end of the movie the bad guys are gonna throw him into the water and he's gonna have to Get out of a straight jacket. What do you know about that? Yeah, it's a skill that he knows. But here's Bilbo using a mundane skill. Like hobbits are the kinds of people that you can imagine just sitting around telling each other riddles and jokes and stuff like that. And suddenly, it has broad, scary application in yeah, the real world.
1: What's interesting about Tolkien too, though, is that he um, he doesn't stereotype his heroism mm-hmm. based on race, <laughs> right? <laughs> or so the hobbits can all be heroic in different ways, right? Bilbo's a trickster. And clever and also brave when he needs, I mean, but Frodo is not a trickster. No, Frodo is just persistent. And Sam is not a trickster. Sam's just loyal. Mm -hmm. And so what he says is, I think what he's making a point about is that we each have our strengths, personality strengths. And courage and heroism shows up with you using that strength when it's needed Mm -hmm. and not being a coward. Right. Right. Some of us are given a lot of them like Gandalf. Mm -hmm. Some of us aren't. So Gandalf has strength and wit and cleverness and all that stuff. He ain't afraid of no goblin king. And persistence and loyalty. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, he's loyal to Aragorn. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Gandalf's pretty loyal. Yeah. (laughs) Just thinking about how he falls into a pit, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, he also is like,
0: all right, guys, bye. I got to go deal with some stuff.
1: Well, we're at the edge of a scary forest here. Uh, see you guys later. See you guys later. <laughs> I got something to do. It's definitely not because I'm afraid to go into the forest with you guys. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> you think that's uh, that's really what it was? Gandalf
0: yeah. was just scared to death of I the forest. So. I mean, I would be. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's <a> scary forest. <laughs> he just hates spiders. If I had the sort of power and authority where I could just pretend to have to scamper off at the last <laughs> minute, I'd be like, yeah, guys, you got this. Oh man! I mean, lots of people do,
0: you know. I mean, I think we've all had that boss who's like, "Oh yeah, I'm getting a phone call. I guess I can't help you guys." You <laughs> with know, pile mop- of work. Yeah. This pile of work.
1: Oh man, I really wish I could make that five-hour drive with you guys, <laughs> right. but I've got things to do yeah. here in oh, town. Oh
0: yeah, it's all we're, things are piling up. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Click on the do- <laughs> Minecraft.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but can't you do that on your phone? And while we're driving, no, no. guys. Now, come on,
0: Gandalf. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Gandalf just went back to
1: Rivendell and got on the Wi-Fi and played some Angry Birds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you you'll, you'll... Go ahead. Yeah, but just so you'll even see that trait, not just with hobbits, but with other people as well, like men. Boromir, he should have been loyal, but he wasn't. But mm-hmm. Farmer, he's more... His his strength really is his kindness, right? Mm-hmm. And so, it's just interesting seeing that play out. Love we'll to watch that. Watch the... Yeah, just watch the way that Tolkien does it. Yeah, yeah, I think it gives a depth in reality. So, uh, one of the questions... It's not really a question, but just something I want to figure out as we're going through this is what makes this, what makes the Lord of the Rings work so well? Mm -hmm. Why does it feel so much deeper and richer than most other fantasies? And I think that it's because, and I think you guys talked a bit about this in your genre episode, that it both is a fantasy, but it also kind of transcends that to just be a great story. Right. And it has the elements of what we've talked about with great stories, depth of characterization, depth of meaning, depth of of theme, richness of detail, Mm -hmm. all those things that go into it. So, Yeah.
0: It's hard to quantify, isn't it? It's like it's just a little bit better (laughs) in all all respects. But I think a lot of it is the moral content. You know, it is the idea that Faramir, simply by being kind, can change the world. That sort of thing is all through Tolkien, The Hobbits. Simply by being humble, and that provides some depth to the story. Yeah. And look who it is. Our own hero. Our own hero walking through the door to save the day. Who's got all
1: the qualities? He's
0: got all the qualities, including a face on his hips that yeah. does not tell lies. It doesn't. As we discovered, here he is. Oh, this is exciting, folks. He just turned off the lights. I think it's probably because he does not feel like being awake right now. We're going to find out what kind of a mood he's in. And it's a little bit like when daddy gets home from work. <laughs> and
1: we're all scared right you now. You don't
0: know whether you're going to get beat or. Get sweets. Beats or get sweets. Beats are sweet. You don't you know, did he have a bad day? Did he have a good day? Is he happy to be recording the Hobbit at eight thirty in the morning? Let's find out. It's our very own pastor who's a master of reading, Jake Mensel. Hey Jake.
2: Hey.
1: Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs>
0: what do you think, Brandon?
1: Oh man, I think I should have left his treasure alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably.
0: Well, we both left our black arrow at home. Yeah. We had a long conversation, Jake, about how we stole your treasure <laughs> and you were coming for us. And then we talked about how Brandon's hips don't lie, as as we know. Hips don't lie. No, Brandon's hips don't lie, but your hips. We went ahead and let the cat out of the bag, always telling lies all the time.
2: Man, I should be in the NBA.
0: Because your hips
1: lie?
2: Yeah, if you if you can make your hips lie, then... You need to be at the highest level of sport.
1: And if your hips lie, you're just one letter away from your hips being able to fly, which is what you need in the NBA. Or, Brandon, one letter away from your hips being able to die. Fly through the air.
2: But that's not how you spell that. Is yeah, you're
0: two letters away. Actually, you're three letters letter away. away. <laughs> I mean, in a uh,
1: purely sound sense. You're seven <laughs>
0: letters away from your hips levitating. I mean, there's all kinds
1: of things. I know how to spell, guys. A <laughs> yeah, fun fact about Brandon,
0: he can't actually read. Yeah. <laughs> he does a really good job of pretending pretending no we told the story of when we grew up you remember this jake yeah uh, we were on the playground and your hips told me and brandon that uh mrs mcgillicuddy had ice cream <laughs> and then we went and ran to get ice cream because we both loved ice cream old brandon and nathan and it turned out that your hips were lying there was no ice cream mrs mcgillicuddy was confused and me and brandon felt the fool mm
2: as well you should have as
0: well we should have
2: mrs mcgillicuddy uh hates children yep
0: that a and known fact cream. i don't know why we, why we <laughs> thought she would ever have ice cream or give it to us if she did i guess we were so a little bit like a dragon in front of treasure we were yeah, so so greedy so greedy for ice cream that
1: yep. So, <sighs> <well. Well. laughs> and now we're talking about heroes <laughs> what were we talking about the, the, he gives these qualities to heroes and diversifies yeah. distinct, makes them distinct.
0: Yeah. Brandon just said he wanted to figure out why The Hobbit was good.
1: Why these books work so well. Why like. these books work. What makes them a little bit better than other fantasies. Yeah. So we were in the middle of Riddles in the Dark. hmm And even going back to that, I mean, the richness of detail there, you you can see Gollum as a character. You feel like you're in the mine or the ca- caverns with him. hmm And so it's just... Uh, you feel, a, you feel the oppressiveness of it, you feel the darkness of it, you feel the fear, but also at the same time, he's able to maintain that levity that kind of marks this book Yeah, until maybe the end with the battle. Well, the thing
0: that's interesting about Gollum is that he feels like a mythological creature that we've all heard of. Like he feels inevitable, he feels like one of those... He feels like a Grindel. Yeah, he, it's like we, we know Gollum. Everybody that's reading the book knows exactly how to read Gollum. Even if they've never heard Andy Circus. they know what kind of a voice she should have yeah. and how to portray him and what kind of creature she. he is. He? Did I, I say said, she? You said she. You did.
2: That's weird. That
0: is yeah, weird. Yeah.
1: I thought it was weird. That is very strange.
0: Weird what a, enough to point out. How, uh, what do you think about Gollum's hips? Do okay. they lie? I think they lie. <laughs> yeah, all the time.
1: I mean, except you can see quite a few of them with that loincloth, but... Yeah, you can see too much of <laughs> Gollum's hips. you can. So I definitely think that, so going back to the influence yeah, here, yeah. I think Grendel is also an influence mm-hmm. because Grendel went out and ate humans and children and it implies that that's what Gollum does as well. Right. Um, is that in this book that it tells you that he snatches children out of? No, I don't that's, think so. That's the Lord that's, of the Rings, that's Lord right? of the Rings, yeah. Which really makes it problematic that then Peter Jackson tries to- Make him cute. Make him cute and heroic in the end as well.
0: Well, it's not like Peter Jackson gives us a scene of Gollum snatching a baby, and yeah, so he doesn't add
1: he, that into his story. He just denies that. Yeah, but uh, Gollum's not the one that does that.
2: No, I'm not sure that you're right. I think about where he does that and when um, is it? Because
0: I don't know. I put in Gollum chi- chi- child catcher. <laughs> I got forty thousand creepy pictures of the child catcher from uh, what the, whatever that thing is. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Gollum child eats babies. Gollum eats babies. Gollum eats babies. There we go.
1: So this is the Lord of the Rings. The woodman said that there was some new terror abroad, a ghost that drank blood. It climbed trees to find nests. It crept into holes to find the young. It slipped through windows to find cradles. This is chapter two, The Shadow of the Past. Remember that in The Hobbit, Gollum intended to eat Bilbo and had killed and probably eaten goblins. eats orc children. Yeah. So he eats orcs and wanted to eat Bilbo. So there is, I mean, it's not like he's a great guy in The Hobbit either. (laughs) So we should probably just make that point. Right? Maybe it's not explicitly stated in The Hobbit, but he's not the best guy. He would have eaten babies had he had the chance. So <laughs> okay, I'm,
0: glad, I'm glad we figured, <laughs> yeah. we got this nailed down. Yeah. There's not too much ambiguity to, the woodman said there was some new terror abroad, a ghost that drank blood, it climbed trees to find nests, it crept into holes to find the young, it slipped through windows to find cradles. It's not, he's not going to sleep. No. So. Maybe he's just a cradle, he he just likes to see a good piece of woodworking. Yeah, that's right, he's just admiring the cradle work. <laughs> All right, Brandon. You made a comment, and I'm glad Jake's here to address this this with us. Okay. Uh, You made a comment earlier that I don't know. I think a lot of people would take issue with. Actually, you said Tolkien doesn't. uh, What's the word? Man, I'm sorry, folks. Like we said, this is the earliest we've ever recorded, and
1: I don't have words yet. I'm wondering what I said.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No, you said something about how Tolkien doesn't type by race. Doesn't stereotype by race. And yeah, he
1: does. When it comes
0: to heroism. When it comes to heroism. Yeah. Like hobbits are heroic differently. But a lot of people have found the books, to use these kinds of people's favorite word, problematic in the
1: xenophobia. Oh, well, I mean, it doesn't mean that he doesn't have distinct races with their own stereotypes. Mm -hmm. I mean, a hobbit is different than a man and a man is different than a goblin because a man is not a goblin and a hobbit's not a man.
2: And bad men happen to be black and good men happen to be white.
1: Except for Denethor and Boromir. Are they black? No. They're bad.
0: Oh, they're bad.
2: Boromir, okay. There can be, there is such a thing as a bad
0: white man. man, But But there's
2: no such thing as a good black man.
0: Yeah, a bad white man is someone who's been corrupted by the magic from the east.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that is true.
0: So, Tolkien. Xenophobe, we're, we're in basically the chapter with Gollum and the goblins, which is where you start to get the degenerate, unrepentant other race that is black and awful and goblins. I suppose we may as well deal with it here as anywhere else what do you think about well, the charges well it's also
1: going to show up at uh, the five battles right the, the battle of the five armies
0: with the goblins
1: in general yeah. it's like well yeah and then
0: especially when the men get involved on the oliphants and yeah Peter Jackson didn't do us any favors by making that race of the men that help out Mordor look really Middle Eastern, and Middle Eastern slash African.
2: Yeah, well, that's what how Tolkien describes. But them. yeah,
0: also Tolkien didn't do us any favors. Maybe so. He should have
1: made them
2: white. He makes it. Tolkien actually makes a point of pointing out that they're black. Mm-hmm. In yes, in multiple places.
0: So, is should this bother us? Is this what do we do with it? I know it's kind of an obnoxious question, but. I think enough people probably hit against that one way or another that it's worth asking.
1: I'm not answering it, Jake. I'm not touching this with a 10-foot
0: pole. <laughs> I'm just asking questions, guys. I mean, that's that's my job.
2: Yeah. At the I think at the very least, if you want to be kind to Tolkien and give him every benefit of the doubt, what you can do is you can reframe this as, instead of using racism, which is a hammer that everybody likes to use, You can nuance it a little bit and call it ethnocentrism, Mm -hmm. which is, we start in The Hobbit, which is very much rural England or Scotland or Ireland or some, you know, it's British Isles. Mm -hmm. That's where our good guys are. And the farther they go, they, you know, it's Europe. It's ethnocentric. And it's, he's writing stories for English children. And so if he wants to represent scary people from other places, then. Right. There are scary people from other places that have different ways, and are what the Western civilized world would call barbaric,
0: decadent, and
2: and and decadent, and and there's reality and and was was and is reality and truth to those things.
0: There was also a lot of uh, demonizing and scarifying and myth and legend, and I was just watching something about the fact that the idea of a harem with beautiful slave girls, like the the beautiful slave girl is something that Westerners came up with and we all just assume, and there's paintings from the 18th century with, but nobody ever had a harem with like a beautiful, with beautiful veiled, you know, just things like that. Now, maybe they had something that was actually worse and grosser, but my only point being to say... It's part of our demonizing
1: the other cultures. Right.
0: That's It it would be silly to say that there wasn't any other, ever ever any demonizing of other cultures. And it would be silly to think, so...
2: Well, come on, I mean... It doesn't matter what your politics are, America depends on demonizing other cultures. Mm -hmm. The way that American globalism works depends on demonizing other cultures. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you support Obama in the White House or Trump. It's what we are inclined to do, what we tend to do.
0: You may think that certain aspects of American culture are what need to reign supreme, or you may think that other aspects are what need to reign
1: supreme, but either way, you are ethnocentric, actually. I've probably told this anecdote before, but grad school here, people are all about multiculturalism and about postcolonialism. Those Mm -hmm. were the two big theories when I went to grad school. And they're not anymore, as I'm as I'm finding out, because I've dived back in. But back then, everybody was concerned about other races right. and about the way, especially our culture, has appropriated other races, made them the other, is what they would say all the time. But then you would go to these grad student parties; they were all very white and they were all very upper class and elitist, and not a single one of them would ever accept that person they were concerned about as the other into these social situations with them. Does mm. that make sense? They don't go oh, yeah. out and be with these people. Yeah, They just want to
2: feel better about themselves. Feel, for, it's very yeah. patronizing. patronizing so in other
1: them. words, to go, that's going to your point. They are ethnocentric. They're the ethnocentric of being the intelligentsia who right. wants to pretend like they can absolve themselves. They're patting well, themselves in, on the back and in, saying they love the other.
2: Yeah. Well, and much of that sort of ethnocentric impulse really is, at least in modern within the context of modern America is really just classism, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You actually could be an upper class, intelligent black man or woman and be accepted into that circle. Yes. What you couldn't be is a, a lower class white person or a lower class black or Mexican or Hispanic. You know, it, yeah. It's as much about class as it is about anything else in modern America at this point. At least in in Northern America, in academia, in in a university community, right?
0: You can yeah. certainly find pockets of virulent outright racism. Not pretending all like over that's not More real. Than pockets, but
2: yeah. yeah, not pretending like that's not real in Indiana. In at least in the the worlds that we're talking about now. If you wanted to make a case that Tolkien if you, if you didn't want to put the softest touch on it mm-hmm. as possible and the softest spin on it as possible, call it ethnocentrism, and say he was just writing for English school children and had to make these other people exotic, mm-hmm. then I think the best way to make the case that Tolkien's actually just straight up racist is to look at orcs and elves. Orcs are degenerate mm-hmm. elves, and when orcs become degenerate, or when orcs, when elves degenerate, when those degenerate, they become inbred, they become dark, they mm. become they become dark of skin instead right. of ultra fair of skin.
0: And they become and nasty and vulgar and brutal.
2: There's a degradation that involves discoloration mm-hmm. in the way that Tolkien portrays different races within races. And you can make that case. You could also just say, well, you've got... You need a bad guy and... Well, Well, you've got elves that live in trees, and you've got orcs that live in the depths of mountains. Mm -hmm. And
0: (laughs) Well, so... uh, So Tolkien's a racist. Well, yeah. I mean, yes. I'm not going to read these books, guys. He was. You guys do this on your own. Tolkien was, I, I, I think, not just ethnocentric. You can say xenophobic. You can say racist. Whatever word you want to put on it, Tolkien definitely thought of certain people as others and his stories. Yeah. Served to perpetuate that idea.
1: So the difficulty is we can't be anachronistic with our criticisms of others mm-hmm. in the sense that he probably didn't even think of this as racism at the time. Or he wasn't probably making a he conscious was borrowing, choice. He was borrowing from the cultural tropes and stereotypes that he had at his disposal to write a story. And the easiest thing to do was to have the, I mean, it doesn't necessarily make it better, but it's different than someone today writing the story. Yeah where somebody today would be very conscious about that. It would not make the dumb mistake of making every bad guy black. Mm-hmm. No, I, I would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless they're
2: just... Like, unless they're Peter Jackson. <laughs> yeah. That's true. You know, but part of the difference is that, I don't know, my kids go to a school where they have black classmates and to go to a church where they have black friends. Yeah. And But if I can hold your feet a- to
0: the fire on that, does that I mean, do you still, do you want your kids reading something that so thoroughly contains these, uh, shall we say, outdated cultural,
2: I mean, your kids. Could... I think it washes over them, actually. Yeah, that's. I don't think that they even, what happened the other day? Oh, my kids wanted to watch Remember the Titans. That's mm-hmm. what happened. We're I in mean, Disney Plus. Oh, it looks like a football movie. And you told around them they couldn't the because it had a
0: black man as the hero and you don't watch those kinds of movies in your house.
2: exactly and he draped his confederate flag over his (laughs) shoulders and shot
0: some guns outside folks not true Uh, that's not who jake
2: is i was like okay well we'll try this and then i found myself having to explain this world that made no sense to them Mm -hmm. it was completely foreign they just could not understand that this was even real Mm -hmm. like the idea that black people and white people couldn't go to school together and didn't like just hated each other because of Their skin, like it was just like, their minds were blow. They were just blown, Mm -hmm. and you know, like my, you know, one of my kids was just like, "Are you trying to tell me that my baseball team couldn't have Riley or Muhammad on it? They're really good. That's that's like the dumbest thing in the world." Mm -hmm.
0: The thing that annoys me is that, or that I think is worth noting is that we live in a society though that doesn't accept that as the solution. Right. Like we grew up, when we grew up, I think we really did just think we were living in a post,
2: maybe naively. I, I very much felt. Me too. W- whether it was true or not, I very much felt that I, I was living in a post-racial world.
0: I've got black people and Chinese people and everything else in my school and it's fine. They're, they're people. And yeah. the fact that anyone ever
1: thought of them as anything different is just the ridiculous. And the fact that people still do, they're the outliers and they're seen as monsters. monsters. The monsters. Right. Yeah. They're
0: the orcs. And- now it's like, actually, Nathan, you have have imbibed these, you know, inherent oppressive racial things and we can never be free of race. And Yeah, which
1: is just, it really is absurd mm-hmm. because you also have to keep in mind that Tolkien's drawing from, maybe he's drawing from racial binaries, but he's also drawing from just the classic fantasy binary of dark versus light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the other thing that- so- And that's going to play out in the story as well. And maybe it's unfortunate that it comes out in where they live and the tone of their skin. But I don't think any of my, so I've read the Lord of the Rings to my kids. They've seen the movies, my older kids have, Mm -hmm. and they all have friends that are of different race than them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's once made them think of, so my young son, Henry, his two best friends are black. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he's once thought of either of them. As an orc, because of Tolkien, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, not to put too fine a point on it.
2: Yeah. No. I. I mean, I honestly, I felt as we're sitting there watching "Remember the Titans," I was just feeling bad about showing, like, it's almost like, uh, in some ways, uh, showing your kids something that's sexualized. Yeah. It Introduces them to ideas that to they are, the they're, they're, that they're innocent exist. of. Yeah. They're yeah. innocent of these ideas. Right. And you've almost corrupted their innocence by introducing them to the concept, the possibility, the idea. And I don't want to pretend like my kids haven't noticed that other people have different skin tones than them. But to them, it's just like, whoa, well, that's weird. That's kind of cool, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, But it's not something to be like, I don't think it's ever crossed any of their minds yeah. that someone is better than someone because of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I'm naive about it. But I just... Maybe my, my oldest son is 11 and it just, it just seemed like I was entered,
1: like by playing this movie, I was introducing them to this completely well foreign. And actually <clears throat> it's even back when I was young, it wasn't as deep set as, so a little background here. I came from a family that on my dad's side is, well, no, on both sides, actually, they're lower white class, lower class white people. Mm-hmm. Um, what the people I, the grad students would have looked on as like the rednecks, the that sort of class. The trailer, some of them were trailer trash as well. But my granddad, he ran the city dump for Kennedale. One of his best friends was a black man. Yeah. One of my uncle, who was extremely just loud and obnoxious, one of his best friends was a black man. Mm -hmm. We had my aunt, one of her chefs at the restaurant she worked for as a waitress, was a black man. He would come to my grandparents' house sometimes and like prepare food and stuff. Like when my granddad was dying, he gave food. And so we still had these the boundaries weren't as strict as these people are wanting to pretend they are. And I think a large part of it's just political and obliviousness to the actual way the world works. You do have Mm -hmm. the class of men who are like orcs Mm -hmm. that hate people based on race. And there was a time in our history when when those men had political control and capital and did some awful, horrible things Mm -hmm. because they had wealth with plantations. And that was an awful, awful period of history. I'm reading this biography of Frederick Douglass with some students, and it's really awful and horrendous. But that doesn't mean that then every poor white person is a racist. It's just an unfair categorization that the left wants to force onto people.
0: It's unfair. And yet, every time any of us in this conversation has said the words best friend and black in the same sentence... I've cringed. I know. Because I just imagine people thinking, well, these white privileged
1: dudes in their white tower, ivory tower, talking
0: on a podcast about.
1: What, not be surprised if we get some pretty awful bad reviews because of this episode, actually, now that you say it.
2: I mean, look, I know it was different. I know it was different for my black friends growing up than it was for me now. It didn't feel different to me from my perspective. It did feel like I was growing up in a post racial world. And I know that they felt. Different pressures, and I know that I know that because I've talked to them about it. I know that because of what happened in high school. Mm-hmm. I also know that even just looking back on things like so, I lived in a very nice neighborhood in the suburbs of Evansville, Indiana, which may not sound like a <laughs>
0: <laughs> a mecca of progressive values and all that.
2: But but you know, one of one of my best friends in the neighborhood was a a black kid named Brian who works for uh, Facebook now, and you know my dad loved Brian but one of the reasons my dad loved Brian is because Brian would come over and you know want to play and I would have to be I'd have to wash the car or something first I'd have to wash the cars and Brian would just throw in with me like all right let's wash the cars okay what are, what are you what do what chores do you have to get to? let's do it even things like that I look back on and I think you know I wonder if his parents like coached him up
0: if he wasn't somehow more subservient than one of your white friends because of...
2: Or just more willing to like, or or just more working harder mm-hmm. to be sure that the parents of his white friends liked him. Mm-hmm. I think they were maybe the only black family in the neighborhood, or they, if they weren't, they were the only one that I, I had kids that were running with us. So even those kinds of pressures, I realized, like, I know that I would be, it, as a parent, if I, if I were a minority in a neighborhood, I would be much more intent on making sure my kids were making good impressions. Mm-hmm. Whereas my parents didn't have that pressure. Nope. And then you saw that sort of thing play out when you hit high school where things hadn't felt racialized. They did start to feel racialized, but it was a peer pressure sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I just I don't really, want to talk about, about that anymore though.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I just really think, I don't know, can we say there's something to be said for allowing calculated naivete in especially a child as part of their educated education it's not that you don't want to eventually learn the realities of certain things but little jake assuming we lived in a post-racial world made little jake kind in certain ways that weren't bad actually and i guess everybody has to grow up but you know like if kids in a in our circles assume that Oh, I should treat a woman with value. And then they, at a certain point, they realize, well, of course I should, but actually the world's a terrible place and full of sexual degradation and stuff like that. But is it okay for them not to get woke to all that too early? You know, is it, a, I don't even know if I'm even making sense here, but is, is it okay for them to actually.
2: Innocence is a good thing.
0: Live in yeah. the bubble of innocence, right?
2: Yeah, there's a time when innocence needs to become maturity
0: join experience and uh, yeah yeah
2: but innocence protecting innocence can be invaluable and in protecting your children and raising them up to be godly kind people
1: right it's a worthwhile thing it's one of my my favorite lines that i just read the lord of the flies Mm -hmm. at the end ralph it says he wept he wept for the loss of innocence and for the darkness of man's hearts and for, his and for friend. the death of the true wise friend, Piggy. Piggy yeah, yeah, the true wise friend, Piggy. That book's got some great lines. We, we, should, we should do that
0: book sometime. It's better than I thought it was going to be. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's good. I mean, it's such a such a cliche,
1: I guess. It's kind of hard to talk it's about. It's always nice to see the cliches that actually be good. Be actually, actually be good. Yeah. yeah. The Lord of the Flies, Simon's death, where the water comes in, and all the mm-hmm. silver sea creatures, one and the fly way that he to rule them all, <laughs> yeah, one, <laughs> one fly, fly to find them, bind them. <laughs> one pig's head to rule
2: them all, <laughs> one
0: pig's head to find them. What is it that the Lord of the Flies says to him? Like, I am the Lord of the Flies. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. The darkness that is within. I am the darkness that is. Yeah, pretty creepy stuff. uh yay. Lord of the Rings, though. <laughs> yeah, no. It's nice when Piggy drops the fly into the lava and yeah. the Lord of the Flies is defeated. Uh, <laughs> where, where were we? <laughs>
1: Race, Gollum. Race, Gollum.
0: So I guess the 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 naivety thing that I was just saying, the way I would tie that into Lord of the Rings is, I don't know that I would ever feel any need to go there with kids. I yeah. mean, it's probably, I haven't yet. Maybe, I'm almost yeah. done
2: with Two Towers and I haven't felt it.
0: Because like, like Brandon said, they're not going to- Oh, Tolkien hates black things. Some of my friends are black. To- I should hate them. <laughs> Off with their heads. <laughs> Off with their heads. Yeah, they're not going to do that. the math that way. They think that goblins are just
1: Goblin. goblins, right? Yeah.
0: And I don't know. If anybody out there is listening and they think that Lord of the Rings has somehow inculcated bad race racism in them, as opposed to good racism, Nathan, <laughs> it's early in the morning. Shut up, listener. Now nah, you can talk, but... I can't hear you if they think, if somebody's listening and they think that Lord of the Rings has inculcated bad bad racism, I just did it again if just go with a Nathan if somebody's listening and they think that Lord of the Rings has it's my right white privilege, isn't it, Brandon yeah, I'm just like privilege. I have this inherent this is your language you can yeah, do this with is my language you want. listen if somebody's out there and they think that Lord of the Rings has inculcated racism or something like that in them, I'd love to hear about it actually. I think it would be interesting. I think that there's more to say about this, but I think we've said what we want to say. We have. Uh, Well, is there anything else we want to say about Riddles in the Dark? The chapter slash the Goblin down, down, down in Goblin Town?
1: I've said all I want to say. I mean, I think we've already said in the past that it's fun, that as the vivid imagery you come come to expect and love from Tolkien in this book, the descriptions of the Goblins are pretty fun. I mean, the kids enjoy these chapters. Right. The introduction of a really iconic character like Gollum. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Well, it's such an iconic scene that even if Gollum didn't go on to do anything else, yeah. he would still be an iconic character. Yeah. It's just a great
1: scene. As far as the hero's journey trail that this is following, this is his descent into Hades. This is the descent. Yep. This is uh, Luke Skywalker going into the belly of the Death
0: Star. or going into that cave and facing Darth Vader. It's... Yep. Jake, where does this rank as far as cave stories go?
1: Oh, yeah, we never answered that question.
0: Yeah, because Jake
1: wasn't Riddle's here. in the dark. And Jake was the one that was claustrophobic about so tip-top. chair. we had mentioned then the Lord of the Rings with the Mines, Mines of Moria. Yeah. And then we have this.
2: I don't know. I think there's something special about this one that uh, the Mines of Moria is cool. Silver chair is very effective at doing what it does, but uh, there's a reason that Rowling ripped this one off instead of the others.
0: The little pool that dumbledore and harry go into at the
2: yeah the, the island six, in yeah. the middle of the pool yeah, in the middle
1: a, of the cave it's, it's terrifying it's creepy yeah the ceiling there's something actually much location. more
2: well it actually i think part of it is the fact that if you've ever been caving or in a cave like this is much more like what you might actually be afraid of Find uh, right find, like this is much more of a you're not gonna run into
0: a super race of uh, diamond uh, eaters or right whatever <laughs>
2: creepy witch with you know it's not going to be populated with all these things but there may be one thing down there
0: one loathsome creature
2: that can see in the dark that that can see in the dark and has lurked there for a long time Mm. and is hungry so i i think just for maybe a more visceral Mm. i don't know
0: well i guess that that creepy idea
2: plus it's fun and, and it is like the other thing i think is genius about the chapter is, it's it's one of those places that Tolkien likes to do here and there, where he introduces, you know, the riddles, the things that a kid can figure out ahead of the characters. Mm-hmm. And so it is one of those places in the book that my kids like to
0: try and figure out the riddles.
2: Well, not just that, they like to go, like, you know, Peter went back and read The Hobbit and then was like, I'm going to try to stump my brothers with these riddles. Mm-hmm. You know, they go to that chapter in the book and read the riddles and try to remember them i think for a lot
0: of kids and maybe for me this is your introduction to the idea of riddling actually not that you don't have like a dumb riddle book but the idea that it's something that adults can do and it's not just puns and stuff it's something that has a history and a legacy to it and some some form and some intelligence to the and some poetry to the way it's constructed i think this was this was and high stakes yeah (laughs) high stakes riddling because you might become a stake you might become a stake Nicely done, Brandon. Thank you, Nathan. I award you no points. <laughs> <sighs> oh,
1: no, uh, you're right. There's just the el- also the element of having like a boat there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all this is just terrifying and strange, otherworldly and weird.
0: Well, it gets at that creepy idea. I think that the scariest things actually aren't on the map. They're yeah. the things that are lurking in the darkness that no one even knows about because anyone that's discovered Gollum hasn't lived to. Right. Tell the tale.
1: I remember correctly, right? He had a boat.
0: Yeah, Gollum has a little boat that yeah. he rows around on. Yeah, it's great. Also, we're saying this chapter heavily rewritten. It'd be really fascinating to read the original version yes. because Gollum does just give the ring to Bilbo, and he's it's like, oh, "You won, great. See ya, buddy. Beat this boss level. You beat this boss level. Let me show you the way out." If I'm, if my understanding's correctly, that's actually what Tolkien's instinct was the first time, and then he had
1: to change it. Was it the way uh, to the Dawn Treader? Where you had the rewrites that made it better?
0: Did they make it better or worse? Did Tolkien have... add the Aslan that uh, eagle that destroyed the dark nightmare alley thing, or did he take that out? Tolkien? Or, sorry, sorry guys. Eight thirty in the morning. I think Cisneros went have
1: made it worse. Did he make it worse? I don't know. I, I think, I, he, I think made he made it better. He yeah. made it better, made yeah. it better. Made by, better. By, by having pressure. the dark world stay there, right? Right. Yeah. Because originally Aslan destroyed it. Yeah, like Aslan comes swooping. Yes. Although the
0: copy of the book that I read, I
1: think, has that. So, yeah, I think you read the wrong copy, but we read the
0: Americanized fixed version. Good for you guys, America. Yeah, man, the greatest made it country in the world. We always do. We
1: even have better Narnia. <laughs> 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 but Tolkien definitely made it better with his additions. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, if the if, well, and then he then he had fun with it.
0: Yeah, the idea that Bilbo would always lied about that story. Yeah, and, he always
2: lied about the story and told it. You may have heard this story differently. Well, that's because that's because Bilbo was ashamed of what he did and.
0: Actually, me, I, the author, I'm just catching up right now with the fact that... <laughs>
1: that is a pretty clever way to do it.
0: It's a great way to do it. Yeah. The other thing that's worth saying is that, did we say this? Tolkien actually wanted to go back and rewrite The Hobbit again to bring it into line with Lord of the Rings to, make, the it, to make it a somber adult. I don't know if he would have said the word somber adult, but to bring it into line with the tone of Lord of the Rings. And I think he, he did have the wisdom to actually give up that scheme maybe he died in time <laughs> maybe maybe we were spared from it by him not having a chance to do it but i think he just decided oh well you know what actually this is maybe it's an artifact and i wouldn't do it this way now but i can't it i can't to i can't preserve now. what's good about this and and bring it into line with the kind of story i wanted to tell in lord of the rings it belongs to people now and yeah. so he did he did not pull a george lucas i guess that would be the parallel that most people would think of although i like the special editions personally i am a special edition apologist <laughs> Well, guys, we've managed to cover- Riddles in the Dark, two chapters. Exactly one chapter of this book today. Wow. And so we'll be back next week. I did not actually expect to have to do this, but we'll be back next week with Hobbit part three. I think it was a good conversation. The Battle of Five Armies. (laughs) Yay. We're going to bring in two other people so we can have five people talking about it. Five, yeah, we should. And then we'll have the eagles show up and peck our eyes out and end the podcast (laughs) at the end uh i don't know is there anything else you guys want to say about it? we didn't really talk much about the goblins anything to say about them i, mean, I guess we talked a lot about the goblins it could we talked about like race and stuff gandalf shows up and kills that goblin king huh
1: yeah. i mean i think Tolkien did it again <laughs> all right guys let's do doing our shout
0: outs all right i'll shout them out and you guys say something nice about them okay you can take turns if i can find the donors i'm sorry folks i used to have them all memorized back in the day when we had like 10 but that is no longer the case thanks to you wonderful yeah thanks a lot fans yeah, thanks a lot for supporting us and giving us hundreds of dollars all right robert and ronda the lovebirds Robin and to the lovebirds i'm shouting them out you guys are just saying something nice brandon
1: oh you're not goblins yeah good
0: uh by the way how do they become patrons jake
2: uh, you go to patreon.com forward slash the bookening, sign up to give in any amount. You become a patron if you want to get a donor shout out. That's $10 a month. Uh, one of our most popular levels is $50 a month where you get to basically be in the book club and get personalized copies of every book that we read sent out well in advance so you have time to read it and listen along.
0: True story. And you could even be as cool as the artful Anthony Dodger. Not an orc. A goblin's an orc's pretty much the same thing.
2: No. They're different. Ah,
0: okay, good. Glad we cleared that up. Little Anthony's Cigar Store. Not Sauron. Good, good. <laughs> Is this how you compliment your wife? Yeah. Hey, way to not be an ugly old hag today. <laughs> <laughs> You're especially unhag like today. A little uh, Jimmy Beam and Little Annie Oakley. Not Barrel White's. Lily of the Valley. Not Nazgul. No, not. Andrew Nestor, the Lovebirds. Not Urukai. The Keith Master. Not Saruman. Nope. Keith Master, not sorry, can't confirm. David's Mighty Men Trucking? Not Men of the South. Nope. Ugh, I don't know about those Men of the South. They seem different than us. John and Jill and Little Baby Max? <laughs> not Golems. Nope, not Golems. Jay and Katie, who are cold and love cheese, and also C.S. Lewis, including Till We Have Faces? Not Denethor. Good fear for them. <laughs> We're playing a game. of get here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's going to run out of pieces first? Fairy Princess of Wonder and Happiness, Mother Beth?
1: Not the Nazgul's flying beasts. Those guys
0: don't even have names, do they? And we looked this up already. No, they're just flying beasts. Consul Prime, Adam,
1: not wargs. Ooh, man, Jeremy, the dark hooded Lord of Death, not the necromancer. Nope, <laughs> that's Sauron. He's that's kind cheap. of uh... that's cheap. All right, all right, fine. Not uh... you're making him burn another
0: one. I don't know that that was good strategy uh... there, Jake.
1: Oh man, what's his name? The guy from. Oh, there's some. There's a lot to choose from here. Come on. Are there? Yeah. Yeah, Brandon. Where oh, not Wormtongue.
0: There? Yeah, not Wormtongue. There you go. Nathan, not me? Did I say him already? Nathan, yeah. not me. Not Boromir. Maya! Maya! Maya!
1: Maya! Uh, uh, not Scary Galadriel. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that great character. Yeah. <laughs> Blue
2: filter.
0: <Galadriel>. the ah! <laughs> <laughs> Ryan the Red Avenger and Judith of the Ladies of Justice.
2: Uh, not the mayor of... Small Town, whatever that is. River Town. Town. I, I forgot about the Hobbit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Danny
0: the Doom. Not Smaug. Nope. DJ Sammy G. Not Sheelob. Benny and Dana Tiberius. Not Move ran out. That's it. No, we haven't. I can think of at least two
1: more that you haven't said. Really? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Who's the big bad from The Silmarillion? Oh. Not Mel Melchizedek? Melchizedek.
0: No, uh Begins with an M. Yeah. M- not Master of Evil. Not m- Mordor malkor sure not mordor <laughs> not Mordor. there we go oh see jake's gonna come back with the a, land of <laughs> jake's gonna come back with a real one now because there are some more real ones and i, I know I, I, I think jake's uh, the kind of man that can think of them
2: uh did i say dj sammy g not small did you just say, smog? say smog. he said small oh, crap um
1: not elf kate not elf one of the great villains from <laughs> that, <laughs> that is true from Tolkien.
0: eric and Catherine from beyond window breaks
1: uh not not that guy who betrays them when they're trying to get to Bree. Remember And he tells the Nazgul they're going that way? Oh, yeah, that guy sucks. That guy?
0: Professor Lady <laughs> X.
1: <laughs> oh, I just thought of another one. All right,
0: good. Whew. I think you guys still haven't just said some of the generic chapter villains from The Hobbit. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you said them and oh, I wasn't paying yeah. attention. Oh, duh. Not the trolls. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Lavender's green, Dylan, Dylan. Lavender's Dylan, blue. Lavender's green, Dylan,
1: Dylan, Dylan. I love you, too. Not that sea, not that pond monster that tries to eat them before they get into Mordor. Oh, that thing's cool. Moria, Moria, thank (laughs) you, Moria. Probably a pond (laughs) monster. I've never read these books before, guys.
0: (laughs) No constrictor, not the Balrog. Oh yeah, we didn't say the Balrog Balrog yet. They've got a Balrog.
1: No, we've got a Hulk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Would be funny. (laughs) I'm sure somebody has to have done that. Uh,
1: Merichip. <laughs> I'm just laughing. <laughs> that idea. Uh, not. I deserve points for that. Yeah, you, you, you get uh, forty points. Good job. Not the spiders from the Hobbit. Yeah, you guys haven't even said the spiders from the Hobbit yet. You said Shelob.
0: You said Shelob, but
2: oh, come on. I I thought of them. And I thought no Shelob will be. Fine.
1: Out. Not the trickster elves from the woods. The elves of You Dork.
2: <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on, Brandon. <laughs> you nerd. <laughs> <laughs> for
0: Accusing someone of being a nerd for not being able to make polls from Lord <laughs> There's of the Rings alliteration in nerds. <laughs> uh, the fair and fragrant maiden Chloe. I don't think you guys have said still some villains from Lord of the Ring or from The Hobbit. Some obvious ones. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have, and I just missed it. Did you guys say war? I did. I
2: did say war. Okay, I do apologize. Yeah,
1: we we'll scraped the bottom.
0: No, you haven't. The Mister Tree. Remember Mister Tree? The, oh yeah, the, the man tree, the, old man Willow, whatever his name the Willow, is. Yeah. yeah.
1: I got one. Tries to eat him.
0: All right. I helped Jake, so I'm deducting one point from his 40. He has 39 points. Brandon still has zero points, so... What
2: if I told you that I did think of that, and then I thought, well, I don't know if you can't name a... Ki- it's not a character. It's just a tree that... Oh, he's a character. He's alive. Okay. Good job, Jake. That's-
0: well done. Can I get a quarter point back? Yes. You have 39 and a quarter. Six-pack <laughs> Zach with Mean Attack and Catherine with a knack for laying down the smack. Aowen because a woman should not fight. <laughs>
1: In battle. <laughs> All right, you f- Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
0: misogynist. <laughs> Bore. Uh Anthony, who is cold and hates life, liberty, and the pursuit of cheese. Well, look up
2: the bad guy from the Silmarillion. He's that guy. Well, you...
1: Give him to Jake.
2: You, you you said the Nazgul, which keeps us from doing, like, the Witch King.
1: No, you can say the Witch King.
0: He can be the Witch King. Yeah, I think you can go specific and more generic. All right,
2: the wi- I'm going with the Witch King. Sweet.
0: Uh, jiu-jitsu oh no anthony you know yeah Jiu-Jitsu, jiu-jitsu
1: jeffrey the texas ranger he's definitely those guys who betrayed isildur so that aragorn has to go and use them as ghost fighters ah those guys are oh, yeah i thought of bad. those
2: earlier and I they're forgot not necessarily to hold bad in my
0: head they're pretty bad they're ghosts ghosts are scary rachel rachel
1: you think the ghostbusters could have beat them
0: those ghosts yeah no, i think the, the ghostbusters, ghostbusters
1: come on man
2: yeah
0: they ain't afraid of no ghosts. But they probably should be. I think those guys would rip their guts out.
2: <laughs> it's kind of overwhelming. There's <laughs> a giant army of ghosts. <laughs>
0: hard to fire. How hard to take care of those guys with Proton Packs. Uh did we have one for Rachel?
2: Ooh, you guys haven't said me? a fun one? Yeah.
0: To be fair, folks, I've got Wiki one the one ring wikia pulled up right now. But you guys have missed some fun ones from the book. From the Hobbit? uh or lord of the rings i'll give you a hint this guy's kind of a diplomat
2: he's already done worm tongue
0: no this guy's he's only ever appears in one scene and he's speaking for somebody else
2: oh that guy yeah oh the guy at the end who <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that guy
2: Wait, does he even have a name he's he just did, like he's all got a, teeth and face. he's got a
1: title teethy face
2: oh the uh... old,
0: yeah it's teethy face <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah old Old toothy face. Old toothy I face. Think Brandon mispronounced it. Old toothy face. <laughs> Old toothy
0: face. No, he's got a, He's got a, He's got a title in the book:
1: "The Mouth of Sauron."
0: That's right. Are, I, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, Brandon. I'm going to give you 40 points. Whoa! So, so Jake is now behind, but he's very close with 39 and a quarter. And somebody needs to say "Leopard Tank Thomas." Okay, give me a clue. Well, I think it's actually back to Jake because you stole that you one stole? And, and got yeah. points. And you can steal this one again uh jake these guys are a crew of ne'er do wells that the pirates from yep the the corsars of umbar and the pirates of penzance obviously (laughs) (laughs) when aragorn slaughters the pirates of (laughs) penzance that's one of the best scenes that would be
1: amazing (laughs) uh midnight ninja ellen oh she is definitely uh you know she's the shards of Narsil because they cut warmer because they're sharp (laughs) still sharp um, those and are did,
0: good. I'm the deductive <laughs> point for that. So <laughs> I'm in the lead. Brent, and Jake is in the lead. Uh, I said, I said, Midnight Ninja Ellen, right? Yeah. Okay. Queen Congetta,
2: Jay and Katie, who are cold and love cheese, and also see us loose, including till we have faces. I but, think they're villains in this story. Whoa, no, that's
0: fair. That's fair. I love you guys. All right. We, yeah, we love you. Uh, Queen Kangetta Did I say her <laughs> Did I say Queen Kangetta You did. Okay. Return of the Jedi. Daya.
1: No, he's Darth Vader.
0: <laughs> that's probably the best lord of the rings villain uh boy let's see here um in that case timothy the writer at dawn lord voldemort lord voldemort yeah he's do <sighs> you think lord voldemort could
1: take on sauron have we already no. asked this question sauron. no way. he can't
2: hold a candle the green sauron. witch could she
1: take on sauron no no is there any villain we've read that could take on sauron maybe if they got the you ring you know if
2: we read paradise lost like, then the devil the devil could
1: <laughs> the devil <laughs> <laughs> there's only one villain jay <laughs> of rack and ruin did i say him already no you didn't oh man he is so he is so much a a dementor a dementor yeah
2: I we're supposed to actually be complimenting these people oh, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're not, they're not oh.
1: that we've mentioned. Uh, timothy
0: the writer at dawn
1: he's the Rohirrim. he's just the Rohirrim. No, he's not the opposite of the Rohirrim. So he's not Theoden when he's he's not the Wargs. Yeah, he's not the Wargs. He's not. Well, so he just reused the wargs.
2: the wargs.
0: How about Azog the Defiler, guys? The greatest villain from Oh yeah, the as,
1: he's not Azog the Defiler. Sure. <laughs> what the Azog? <As> <laughs> he's not
0: Azog the Defiler.
1: <laughs> you guys haven't said. What in the world, are you is that strange about? albino one? The Bad Hobbit movies. Yeah,
0: he's also is a character in the Appendices like in that appears Orion for a something. minute. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see here. I said Jaden Re- of Rack and Ruin, right? Yeah. Did I say Timothy the Writer at Dawn? Yeah. yeah. Did I say the well-named Eric and Kate, the Camp Champ Kings who are warm and love bees? No, you didn't. And they are. Who do we have left uh, on the list there, Nathan? The uh, let's see here. We've got Snow Trolls. I don't know what those are. They're not Snow Trolls. Some of these sure. might be from the movies. Gundabad Orcs. Harry Goatleaf. The
2: Goblin King. Oh, the
0: Goblin King. Yeah, Where they're not the him? Goblin
1: King.
2: Uh
0: Maddie, 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 Matt Man. She's not the Joker. Nope. Alright. And sweet Jamie Sunshine. Not Ted Sandyman. Whoever that is. Yeah. And then we've got Tyler and Laura. I want to welcome Tyler and Laura. We did not come up with good names for them last time, but I've got good names for them this time. we have Tyler, the keeper of eternal darkness. And Laura, the keeper of eternal light. Wow, always warring. Always warring, but when you put them together, you make them. They turn into yin yang. Yeah, they they turn. They make a great
2: couple. That's sweet, Nathan. Balance. Yes, balance.
0: Tyler and Laura are
2: well balanced. I love it. They need Anakin between them, holding them together. Maybe they can can have a baby and and name him
0: Anakin. Maybe they have a baby named Anakin. They probably do.
2: I don't see why not. (laughs) That's a good ending line.
0: Hey, Bookening today, produced <laughs> by us, r- written, talked things, people, and Brandon. Patreon.com forward slash the bookingings where you can support us. We've got things, people, and Brandon. <laughs> the trifecta. I, I fit in neither of those categories. <laughs> hey, at least I didn't make you a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? You think I'm the thing or Jake's the thing? We'll let
1: that be a mystery. <laughs>